It's time to create better. Create better family, health, business, and self. Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better, how to create better life, business, self, and family. And today, my guest is joining us all the way from the future, I want to say, from Aubrey, Australia. I say future because right now it is Thursday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but for her, it is 8 a.m. on Friday morning, so... I cannot wait to introduce her because this woman, she is dynamic and she believes in doing business smarter, not harder, and with purpose. You see, during the pandemic, the number of women who started their own businesses increased substantially. And according to a survey on Shopify, 56% of mothers reported interest in starting their own business. In the USA alone, one in three women-owned businesses is owned by a mother. My guest today has built and sold multiple businesses. She is an award-winning finance advisor, author of the 10-step framework for business launch, and a business brainiac. She is also a mom of two gorgeous little people, tiny kids, and I say tiny because one is six months old, and the other one is a beautiful three-year-old. So I want to say, Sarah Stowe, welcome to Create Better. Oh, Elaine, that was beautiful. Can you do my introductions all the time? You made me sound amazing then. Gosh. You are pretty amazing. I don't know. It's bright and early in the morning for you. I don't see you even holding a glass of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And you have a six-month-old. You, I, I don't even know how you're, you're doing it. This is, and if anybody can see you right now, you are gorgeous and stunning for early in the morning in Australia. <laughs> Well, it's better than tea in the afternoon and I don't have a coffee, but if we were doing this in the afternoon, I'd probably have a wine in my hand. So you've got to choose your vices, don't you? So I think I'm okay with leaving out the coffee if I can have a wine. <laughs> well, there you go. And sure. Are you a red wine person or a white uh, person? I think red, it changes with the season. So I think red's definitely the fave, but I, I'm not going to argue whether it's red, white, sparkling, <laughs> you know. That's completely fine. Yes, no whining over wine, right? You just yes, you exactly. Can. That's it. Who am I to complain? Exactly. So <laughs> you you have done so much, and I, I I want you to tell our listeners a little bit more about Sarah Stowe. Was there a time in your childhood or youth that made you discover your passion, whether it was with finances or entrepreneurism? Tell us more. Um, we could be here all day, but yeah, there was definitely a pivotal time in my youth, I think. And I probably didn't realize it was very pivotal, uh, pivotal at that point until recently when I'd really started thinking through this and looking back on this time. Um, so unknowingly, I think I was always becoming or born to be an entrepreneur, um, just the going out and starting businesses has been something that I just loved. Um, when I was nine years old and my brother was 10 years old, um, we were young little kids. And as you would appreciate with Easy Daisies, we were doing chores for um, 
my mum and we wanted to get money to go buy lollies from the corner shop. So this was back in the day where you had the corner shop like yes. literally at, on pretty much on every corner and they had all the lollies and it was back then it we was have free. One and my kids want to oh, go there you, all the time. Oh, see, we barely have them anymore. And I think it's such an you know, that. awesome part of our youth. And I'm so sad that people miss out on this. Now it's all these big shops. Yeah. But yeah, we had, you know, three lollies for five cents, which uh, that's next to nothing. Um, and that was wonderful. So we would go do chores and get money to go to the corner shop and buy some lollies. And I think it was school holidays at the time and my brother and I had done all of our chores for mum and had completely changed, like cleared her out of change. And one of those chores we were doing was washing the car. So we had our squeegee washing the car and all that sort of stuff. And we sort of went, oh, well, if we've done this now for mum and, you know, she's got no more money for us, we need more lollies. We've got to be a bit resourceful here. So off my brother and I went with a bucket each and a squeegee each to the corner shop around the corner. Um, and mum was working. So she worked at one of the shops in that shop precinct. So we, she was watching us out the front and we washed windows for spare change at this corner shop. So every time somebody pulled up, we went to their car window, knocked on it and said, could we wash your window for change? And we ended up raking in an absolute fortune. I can't remember exactly how much it was, but it was, I think it was more than what my mum earned in her shift at the shop that day. We took in a change and, you know, you can imagine mum's face going, God, Lisa. <laughs> so we got a hell of a lot of lollies. And then we did that for the whole school holidays. And, wow. you know, whether we knew it or not, that was building a business and testing a business idea. We were testing a concept, seeing if it had legs and then sort of went from there. So as I got older, I just kept trying these different businesses. So, you know, and they've been all sorts of varied businesses. So I've up to number 10 now in my businesses and I've had businesses that were selling cupcakes, um, you know, as a yoga teacher, um, I did cloth nappies when I had my three-year-old and I realized how long and arduous the washing process was. So I set up a cloth nappy subscription business and wow. we laundered and, you know, did all this stuff for people for their cloth nappies to make that easier. What else have we done? I We have a farm and when we moved here, we set up a regenerative farm with pastured eggs. So we did a pastured egg business and um, had a financial planning business and all, all sorts of things, set up a landscaping business for my husband and now have landed on my business I have now, which is probably the like result of all of this is when I was doing all of these businesses and specifically the last business, which I did, which was the pastured egg business, is I realized when I was actually in the doing of the business, yeah. I didn't want to be out there in the cold collecting eggs each day. Like, you know, that it sounds like it's this beautiful, idyllic thing to be doing on the farm. In reality, it just yeah. wasn't. And um, I realized that pretty soon into it went, well, maybe this isn't for me. But what I realized is the bit I did love was the setting up of the business. And because I'd done it so much for myself and also in financial planning, one of my specializations was working with business owners to set up and build yeah. businesses and succession plans to sell businesses, all that sort of stuff that I realized that was the bit I loved. And because I'd done it so much, I developed a bit of a framework around it that I was following mm -hmm. and, you know, the steps that I was taking to set these businesses up and it was becoming easier and easier. And I tell people and it all just made sense. So from there I went, 
all right, well, if I am doing this myself and, you know, people are asking me, I should do this as a business. So now my latest business, which is Business Brains, is set up around this. And it's set up so I walk people through my 10-week signature course on setting up a business. And we go through all the steps that it takes from idea stage to launching the business and everything in between. And that's what I'm doing now. But um, the other difference with this as well is I think in the past I've done businesses and not really thought through you know, what that actually meant. Sort of, you know, I've set the business up and it's business as a beast, which sort of consumes you, especially in my financial planning business. And I got burnt out. And now with two kids, as you would know, Elaine, life's pretty busy and you can't like, you know, back in the day, pre-kids, back in the day is pre-kids. So three years ago, I, you know, could do everything. So I had an idea and I'd go out and do it and I could spend, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week working on my business. And that was no problem because, that was my baby. Now with two kids, I can't do that. You know, life's completely different now. It's changed. So everything I do has to be very purposeful. I need to have a reason why I'm doing it. I need to know what the outcome I'm going to get from it is. And, you know, I need to make sure I'm achieving that outcome. I don't have the time that I used to have to do stuff. So now a big thing that I do as well is help, help people set up businesses with purpose. So you know why you're doing it, you know what you're doing. And you're building your business around you, not the other way around. Um, and I've just gone on a complete random tangent there and gave you everything, but hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Totally, absolutely can see the journey of your passion to where you are today. And you wrote a book, which is so oh, because if you're so like, it's not a book. It's, it's um it's a framework. So that's the framework that I work people through through the course. Right. Um so I am planning to and I just had did a podcast interview the other day with somebody and we've set each other as accountability buddies now because one of the three things I wanted to achieve this year was writing a book mm-hmm. haven't quite finished it so I've started it so hang out till next and, year guys it's you know, happening you probably already have the complete draft so don't oh. tell it yourself because it's, you you obviously are sharing this framework in your program over and over and over, and it is in writing. You just got to tweak it so it becomes like a book. So yes. you are way ahead. You are so far ahead that, than you even know. So good on you, Sarah. I, I want to jump into that. Thank you for clarifying because I wasn't sure that if it was yeah. a book. But you you are the author of the, the the creator of the 10 step framework for business launch. And I don't want you to share all your secrets, but what would you say are three key steps that you would share with someone on just how to clarify their business idea and decide which service model mm. uh, they should use for their business? Just even. Yeah, through. absolutely. So I think the first thing that I, so most of the people I work with are service-based businesses or people that make their own product. So a custom sort of product thing. So that's my niche area. So this is probably more specific to those sorts of businesses. But I would say the first thing that you want to do is think about the outcome. So, you know, what is the outcome someone is getting from working with you? So I think it's very easy when we're, especially when you're in these, you know, regulated sort of trades or industries where you've done a trade and you've got this Mm -hmm. qualification and now that's the service you offer is we might say, oh, I'm a financial planner. I offer financial planning. I'm a gardener. I offer gardening services. I'm a plumber. I do plumbing, you know, and that's 
great. That's what you do. But I want you to take that one step further and go, all right, well, what does that deliver people? So um, I use it all the time, but it's the gardener example just comes to me is a gardener. People don't hire a gardener to get gardening done. They hire a gardener to get the outcome. So they want to have this beautiful outdoor space that they can share with their friends and family and, you know, feel really proud of. They can enjoy it looks great feels the great you know time because they didn't have to put the time into it yes so much yes. Time. beautiful I yeah so all of that sort of stuff so i think first of all work out what your outcome is and then you need to so this is a coming back to that business with purposing is you need to think about what you want for that business so um instead of going all right well i'm going to set up a gardening business and this is what everyone else is doing so i'm going to go do lawn maintenance and gardening for 38 hours or 40 hours a week or whatever you want to do what is important to you like how many hours do you want to work a week mm-hmm. do you need flexibility in those hours do you you know do you want to pick the kids up every day from school mm-hmm. do you want to take a month or two a year off traveling or you know, do you want every Friday off? Like, and all of that's completely okay. Like, I think when we get into business, we think we just have to work hard and go through the absolute, you know, just hustle and hustle. And it doesn't have to be like, yes, it's a bit of work to set up a business, but you want to set it up the way that you want it to continue. So, you know, think about those things and how much income do you want to earn from your business? What is the amount of money? Because, you know, so many business owners set up these businesses and then work for nothing or next to nothing because, you know, they're building the business up. And I sort of don't agree with that. I think that we should make sure that we are paying ourselves well and we build our businesses up to support us because it is a lot of work and you want to make sure you're getting the outcome from that that you should be getting. Um, So yeah, consider all of those things they want. So that's probably the next step. Then from there, so I have this all in something that I call my product matrix. So um, if you don't mind me saying it, so I have a new biz toolkit, which includes this product matrix, which I can send you the link for. So it's a free toolkit that that people can work through. Put that in our show notes for sure. Yeah, I'll I'll make sure I send that through. So um, yeah, they can walk through this toolkit and it will take them through all of these steps that I've said so far. But the last one is this product matrix and the product matrix is going, all right, well, Yes, we can deliver a service and we can deliver that outcome that we've talked about, but we can do it in so many different ways. So as a gardener, you could go out and do people's gardening. As a gardener, you could put together a course to teach people how to do their gardening. Mm -hmm. As a gardener, you could put together a subscription service of the products that they need to use on their lawn or the garden and have that going out quarterly or whatever it might be. You know, there's so many different ways that or or you know you could also do the traditional gardening where you're actually going out doing the gardening yeah. like that you know there's so many ways that you can deliver that outcome so it's about working through each of those ways and seeing what actually works for you based on what you want from the business and what that outcome is so you know there might be 10 different ways that are, you can give that same outcome through a different product solution and this might be a bit weird for people going, I thought you're talking about services. So we'll probably talk about this more as we're going along. But I always like I service businesses services. to productize their service. And, Absolutely. you know, so looking at ways to do that. So that would be um, my three ways that I would look at clarifying a business idea. And then once you've done that, great, then move into testing phase and go I, from I there. love it all. I, I'm just going to see if I can rehash that. So that first one is to think about the, uh, the outcome of what you're offering, right? It is, it is mm. not just a thing or 
the, the service itself is you're delivering freedom of time, increasing wealth, whatever it is, uh, building confidence. So thinking that next step of besides just creating a beautiful garden, I love yeah. that very much. That number two was, I love this, is, is what's the outcome for yourself? What What is it that you want from having this business. So, so important to define that. And especially if you're starting a new business, right? Easy, easy to go down that burnt out path and to remember to establish weekends, like have one, like like have a weekend or that Friday off and, and respect your office hours because people won't respect your office hours. And, and sometimes the smaller your business, they think that you will reply to them on Sunday at 11 p.m. But you know what? Large re- um, uh, large businesses wouldn't write back, so mm. you don't have to either. And just to create those boundaries and, and respect them yourself so that others will respect them as well. And then that third one you said, I, I love this, is that product matrix. Thank you, Sarah. And yes, we'll, we'll get that link from you, and I'll add it into our show notes for this episode. And I, what I love about your product matrix is this allows the, the business owner to think broader, to think mm. of uh, different ways that their product or service can be generating cash flow. And that is so valuable because sometimes we're streamlining and thinking this is the one way, the only way, and then there isn't money coming in because we're only concentrating on this one route. So I love, love, love your product matrix. Brilliant. You are brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, now, see, you have to write a book now. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, you make me feel good, Elaine. This is lovely. I just <laughs> That's what I need to Australia. We'll just go out for coffee or wine. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, I love that, you know, you've worked with so many businesses. And even when you were talking about selling lollipops with, with your brother, this question came to my mind. So selecting business names, right? That That is really something not to take too lightly because mm. – a business name does a lot. And, and I mean, I could talk on that forever, but I would love to know because you've helped so many businesses. Are there any things, any tips or strategies or, um, I I guess strategies that people should check before deciding on a business name? Absolutely. And And I name for your lollipop no we didn't have one for that one that one didn't have a name I don't know whether we quite got it to that point um, no, we did. were just concerned about serious. making money, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about making money. <laughs> yeah that's it and I love your business name it was one of the first things when Thank I um, we connected that I looked up and I was like god that's a good business name it's so you've done daisies. well there it's easy beautiful daisies to help kids have easier days that's how easy daisies came about I love it. So it's great. But there's definitely a few things that I think people should check when um, they've come up with a name, because of course, I think everyone thinks all of the work's done when they've got this name, you know, and yes, it's a lot of work. Like coming up with a business name is so hard. And it's one of those things that until you've got it, you just can't seem to move past it and do anything else. And it just blocks you. Um, So once you've got there, great. Well done. But then you should go out and check a few things because it's one thing to have the name and you should always maybe have a few names up your sleeve because you're going to be very disappointed if you do these checks and you aren't able to use it. 
the first thing you should do is check whether this business name is actually available. And what I'm talking about here is pretty much, has anyone else got it and registered it? So the place to check that would be with your relevant government authorities. So um, in Canada, US, Australia, wherever you are, I think the simplest thing would be to you know, beautiful Google, just jump on Google and go register my business name in wherever you are and see what comes up. So um, in Australia, we have Asset Connect. I had a quick search um, for Canada the other day when I was doing this and I think you have something else that's on one of the Canadian websites um, where you can check some different databases as well. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So uh, that would be my first step is go on there, put your business name in and see if it's actually available. Make sure you can register it with your government authorities. So Um, do that before you print a thousand business cards. Absolutely do that. Next one I would check is your domain name is, so domain name is when somebody's typing in your website, what they're typing. So, you know, www.businessbrains.co or easydaisies.com or whatever you guys have over there. And, you know, there's all these different iterations that you can have, which is .com, .com, dot com dot au you know what dot whatever um but you want to make sure the business name that you're getting is able to link to your domain name and or you know make sure that it makes sense to where you're going to send people so um that would be the second thing that i would check and then the third thing is of course the social media handles uh social media handles might be a little bit harder these days because you know there's so many businesses and so many things out there you might have to be a little bit creative and chuck a dot in there and underline or whatever you need to do but check that there's something that you can use your business name that's going to make sense um that you are able to register. So whatever social media sites you're on, Facebook, Instagram, whoever it is, um, just check they're available. So that would be my three tips that I'd give people to check there before they go all in and announce to the world their new business. So true and so important. And, you know, that, especially that last one too, the social media, I totally forgot about that one. And like, mm. and I used to do a lot of consulting and I still do, but I always like say, yes, check for domains because you don't want to claim the name because you love it so much and not care that someone else owns the domain because you, you need the domain. The legitimacy of, of a business is people always will Google for a website. Yeah. And so that's why it's really important. It's like your storefront, whether you are service or product based, so make sure you can own that domain. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. So true. And you don't have to own every domain. I always say that to people, like, but make sure you own the, the, the key ones, right? Like yeah. .com is so important. I even own the easy daisies that are spelled incorrectly, like the flower, because easy daisies is spelled uh, as a play on words of easy days. So D-A-Y-S-I-E-S. Mm. But yes, so own what you will, but you don't have to buy them all. <laughs> so, so that is a great idea. And then, do you have them redirect from the Easy Daisies yes, to yours? So yeah. Perfect. That's good because it would be one of those things if people hear you on the podcast and hear it, they go, "Oh yeah, Easy Daisies." So it comes very right good. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now we are in a time of unprecedented time of having a pandemic and mm. you know we could say we're at the end of it and we hope that we are but that dust has not settled and and Sarah I I'm just wondering with your expertise in working with many small businesses and having had many small businesses 
What are some of those key strategies that that we can implement now to recession-proof small business and, mm. and be prosperous through this kind of turmoil? Absolutely. And what a time, hey, like, you know, to go through a couple of years of this pandemic as a small business and then come out the other side and, you know, depending where you are in the world, now coming into recession and having to deal with this whole different host of challenges, like, yes. gosh, like, have we had enough already? But, it, right. it you know, it's the, it's the reality and it might be scaring. So I polled a couple of months ago all of my followers on Instagram to get an idea of how everyone was feeling about the recession. And that was probably in Australia, that was when we were sort of at the start of the talk, it's starting to get a bit more serious here now. Um, And just to find out how nervous people were and the results were that, yes, you know, over half of them were quite nervous and anxious about this recession. So you go, oh, yeah, all right. So it is a lot as a business owner. And, you know, when we've already felt what it was like not to have control in the pandemic and they go, oh, well, you know, now I'm, what do I do now where I potentially don't have control again? And I get that. That's really, really scary. But I, like you said, what do we do to recession-proof our business? And there is things that we can do, which is nice. And we can, you know, we can either sit and just be reactive and let things happen and deal with it, or we can be active and, you know, own this and look for the opportunities that are in these sorts of environments. And there is plenty, like there's so many incredible businesses that were made or boomed through a recession. So, you know, there's a handful of things that I do. The number one thing that I would do is, increase your prices. So if you have been in business for or haven't increased your prices for six months, I'd increase them. So I'm not sure exactly what's happening over in Canada, um, but inflation, and I know in the US they've got to, you know, been dealing with a lot of inflation there too. Our inflation at the moment is huge. So you wouldn't discount your services to people or your products. So if you haven't increased your prices in the last six months or 12 months even, but definitely in the last six months, then you're paying yourself less or you're charging less and people are getting things for cheaper. So go and increase those prices, put it up, make sure you're doing that regularly when all of these things are happening in the world. So that's number one. That absolutely makes sense, right? When costs of materials and shipping and importing, exporting, cost of labor, everything is increasing, which would increase the cost of what you're offering is as well. Absolutely. And I think people think, oh, you know, I did increase last year or something like that. But no, you can, you know, it's your business. You could choose when you do these things. So you, if you want, do it every three months and drip feed it over the time if that makes you feel better. But just do it. Make sure that you're earning what you should be earning and not giving yourself less income and copying that because, you you know, you're a small business owner. You can't take that on and it's not your responsibility to take that on for everybody as well. You need It's your responsibility to run a profitable business. So you need to do this. Um, number two is I would have at least three months of savings. So we don't know, you know, how extreme all this stuff's going to get. Um, and I would make sure and business can be, you know, go bad really fast. So if you don't have cash flow, then you can have a successful business that seems to just burn out or, you know, right. go under overnight. And it, it can happen in as little as a month or two of bad months. So I'd make sure that you have at least three months of savings for the business. So with that, it's whatever your expenses are for the business for three months. 
and also personally, because of course you need to make sure that you're paying all your bills at home. So that would be my minimum that I'd, so if you're not there yet, start working towards it and start building up those cash reserves. Number three would be look for opportunities. So it's an absolute buyer's market at the moment. So, you know, you could potentially be looking to an acquire a business. So when everybody else is getting nervous about things, maybe now's the time that you go out there and you look to purchase something. Um, maybe there's a commercial building that you are wanting to buy. Maybe there's a factory, maybe, you know, whatever it is. Now's a great time to be doing it because you're not paying, you know, the property market started to drop off here and I believe it has over there as well. I'm not yes, so sure. Yes, it sure. Yeah, it's yeah. dropped off. We had a bit of a boom. So now maybe go out there and look for something. See whether you can do the, that big goal that you've been looking at doing. Number four, review your expenses. It, you know, spend that time going through and look at those costs that are just recurring and come up all the time and, you know, you just let go through and see if you can cut any of them. We don't want to be, you know, like too tight. We want to still be able to do everything that we want to do. But if there's a bit of wasted money going in there, then it, every little bit helps. So just see if you can cut costs that way. Number five is invest in advertising. So when everybody else cuts back on their marketing budgets because they're a bit nervous, you know, there's all this stuff happening, you want to go out and market. So when it, all the noise is down and you're not hearing all of that stuff, like when everyone's out there in a good time and, you know, all the businesses are just, you know, pummeling you with information and sales and all that sort of stuff, that drops off in a recession. So if you can go out there and put your business in front of people because people are still going to be looking to buy and you, you're going to get more bang for your buck doing it in times where less people are out there so they're not getting all of that noise in their face. So, you know, look at building your weight business that way. Number six is I would look at ways you can increase your per customer set spend. So this is when people come into your business, it's a lot easier to get somebody to spend more than it is to get a new customer. So look at your business, look at your product ecosystem, look at everything that you have to sell and what people normally buy and go, oh, is there an add-on that I could potentially, you know, you've either got that you could help promote and build into that product ecosystem and that sales funnel, or is there something that would sort of fit in that you could get a nice extra little bump in your sales for each customer? Like if you if that's an extra 10% per customer Absolutely. at the end of the year, that's a hell of a lot of money. So, and it's easy. Like that's a lot easier than going out and advertising or doing any of those things. It's a nice little thing. So if you haven't thought of that, maybe that's something that you could look at. Then the last one is move forward, move that business forward. So I, a lot of people, when something's happening like this, they'll sit on their hands and I get it. Like, you know, you, it's scary. It's hard. It's hard to go all in when the world's, you know, a bit crazy and everything's happening around you and you're so uncertain and it's just a bit of a scary time. So it's easy to go, all right, I'm just going to sit back and let this go on and let this happen around me, see where everything falls and then I'll keep growing from there or I'll do these things that I wanted to do for the business then. But I think the thing that or the businesses that really succeed in these markets as the ones that 
keep growing. They look it for the opportunities. They look for way to move, ways to move forward. They look for, you know, that next step and they don't let the recession be the reason that they haven't achieved things. They go, yes, there's a recession happening. That's fine. You know, we know this happens in a cyclical sort of time, you know, seven, 10 years, however often this is going to happen in your business journey, but let's not let it stop us from achieving the things that we want to achieve. Yeah. So yeah, just keep going guys. You've got this. Oh, we have I got this. I love this. I love it all. I, I- so many things you've said there just resonated with me. One of the ones that you said was, I believe, uh, number six, which is to increase your customer's spend. Because mm. it is, I'm going to repeat exactly the beautiful thing you said, it is much easier to sell to a customer that is already coming to you than to spend on finding new customers. So really focus on that. It's like, what other needs can you meet? What other solutions can you provide for your existing customers? Because they already love you. They already come to you. They already trust you. So keep offering them solutions. I love that. And keep moving. So many wise words. I cannot wait to read your book, Sarah. Mm, (laughs) Me too. Let's get it out there. (laughs) I I want to say that I want to, this is my final question, which is, a great one because you know when people are starting out with business starting a business they often forget it's also important to have an exit strategy mm. and so you have sold multiple businesses congratulations first of all and i would love to ask you sarah because you've built and sold your own businesses how does one plan a successful exit for their business what are mm. some key things that if someone's saying, okay, I want to sell my business in a year, in two years, in five years, what should they do? Or Absolutely. Um, and this one, I'm definitely still learning at myself as well. But um, I, my financial planning business that I sold is a good example of some things that I did really well and some things that I now would do better and change. So um, but my beautiful three-year-old Charlotte, who... Um, was a little bit unexpected, put a bit of a uh, change in the works, I guess, for my business. So at that time I had my financial planning company and I wasn't quite planning that into my business plans. So, and as you know, you know, having a baby is a big adjustment to your life. So at that time I sort of went, oh, great. All right. Well, I haven't quite set this business up to operate without me yet. So I had a few different options that I could look at. And in the end, I decided to sell the business so I could step out and, you know, do this mothering journey, which was a really good process. And there were some things I did really well in that, which was I had something to sell. So a lot of the time um, when people go to sell their business, they don't have anything tangible to sell. They might do a service where they're just giving the service to someone and that's sort of it. So I had these recurring clients and recurring income and I had something that was saleable. What I didn't do so well, which is what got me into that position, is I hadn't built myself out of the business. So I wasn't able to step out for that period of time and do the new mum journey um, and be able to have the business still operating successfully. So there's a few things that I've learned from that, which is think about selling from the start. So this would be my first one is when you're setting up the business, 
let's think about the end in mind. Whether you have intentions to sell that business or not does not matter. We want to try and make sure that we're building a saleable business. So we want to build in things that would make it saleable. So if you are giving a service or um, something where you're just doing that one on and that's it, that's going to give you nothing to sell. You have you might have an email list or a customer list, but they're not committed to any future sales. So if somebody's going to buy that, what are they going to buy off you? You know, whereas if, and this is probably turning it into the next point, which is I would say is to build a product, not a service. So um, you can sell a product. You can sell Easy Daisies. It's a you know good saleable business. You can sell my framework that I've put together because there's something there, there's something tangible. So even though you might have a service and you might do, we'll keep going with our gardening, you might do your gardening um, is, well, let's use the gardener as an example. What I would get them to do is get people on, you know, maintenance programs or build up their subscription package or something like that. So they have, you know, that there. Then maybe they do something specific that they do in the way that they do it. And it's got, you know, turn that system that they use when they are, hey, puppy, yes, <laughs> that system that they, uh, oh, they, they always come at the best times. <laughs> um, yeah, that system that they use when they're going to do that garden maintenance might be a specific way that they do it or, you know, there might be some extra steps that they include there and just turn that into a product. So, you know, build that into a framework, build that into a system, whatever that is, and create a product out of that service. Love that. Then you're selling that framework or you're selling that product as well. So right. that's becoming something that is more saleable. So that would be my next thing that I'd look at doing. Then the third thing, which I hadn't quite got with, with my old bits business, so it was only four years old, so it was still pretty relatively new, is building you out of the business. So it's so easy when you're a business owner to do all of the things. And, yes, in the startup stages, you are the one doing all of those things. But you want to try and systemize your business as soon as you can. So, you know, when you've got a business, go through every process that you're doing in the business and get it down on paper. And then when you've got it down on paper, look at all of those steps and see how you can either, you know, turn that into a system, automate it, you know, whatever it needs to happen to have that happen by itself without you having involvement, if you can, or how do you then put what you are doing, that service or that delivery or whatever it is, into something that someone else can then pick up and do that for you. So it's not reliant okay. on you. And yeah, go through that with every system. So, you know, it might be for your products. It might be the way that it gets delivered. It might be the way that you purchase them. It might be the way they get made. It, you know, it could be all of these things should have their own system and their own way of doing it. So again, if you do go to sell, you're going, all right, well, yes, you know, I'm involved in this business doing whatever you do, but someone else can step in and do this role. This is how they do that. This is that system that you're buying. So, you you know, you're then selling this product. You're also selling your systems and, you know, your business has become a lot value, more valuable after you've done that to the business. Absolutely. And then the last thing is to remember to plan when you're planning a successful exit is it's all negotiable. So don't think that you just need to put your business for sale, set a price, and then that's it. You and whoever's buying it can negotiate absolutely whatever you want. There's no hard and fast rules that come for having a business. You you can maybe 
finance it for them. You can get more money by saying, all right, well, you know, I will be the bank for you and you can pay me back over five years or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that might be. Or you can do sell different bits of it. You can do, honestly, whatever you want is it's your thing to do. I think people think that they just have to have this set process for doing it and it's just not that way. So they that would probably be my tips for selling a business and planning for successful exits. So yeah, and good luck. It's a it's a bit of work to sell a business. So if you could get through it, it's um well worth it, but hard work. Very true. And I, I love everything that you said, you know, make sure you have something that's sellable mm. and converting whatever it is so it appears as a product, right? Whether it's your service or a product, a brand. And it's all about systems, right? If you don't have a system, you don't have anything to sell. Mm-hmm. So so true. Sarah, you are lovely and awesome, and I want to respect your time and your morning, your next, your Friday morning. But I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story, your insight, your wisdom. And Sarah, if anybody wanted to find you, where would they go right now? Yes. So a few places. So um, if you're listening to this, you're a podcast listener. So I also have a podcast, which is called Launch Your Biz Now. This is the podcast for all new and aspiring business owners. So come over and have a listen over there. So that's my favorite place to be. I do love podcasting. Um, the other place is on Instagram at businessbrains.au um, or on my website, website which is businessbrains.co. Um, and yeah, I will also send you the link for the toolkit, which is businessbrains.co slash toolkit. So they can get a free awesome. copy of my new biz toolkit. So that's where you can find me. And if you do jump over to Instagram, please come say hello in my DMs. I will always chat to everybody. So um, make sure you connect and let me know that you heard of me from this podcast and my chat with Elaine. And that would be wonderful. I love it. And I will have all of that in our show notes as well. And I love Instagram, so I will definitely find you, Sarah, on Instagram. Yes, yes. We'll let's get back there. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to say thank you to our listeners for joining us. And I am so grateful for you. I'm sure that you got some great nuggets like I did. And I've been doing business for a while, and I love learning every day. So, Sarah, you are awesome. I have learned so much from you and just so inspired by your your story and I love that it began by selling candy with your brother (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and I want to say to our listeners I always appreciate your feedback and I'm so grateful for your reviews as well now I want to say thank you to Sarah again Sarah I let you say bye to our listeners with me so thank you and thank you so much for having me and your beautiful podcast coming out to the world it's wonderful Thank you. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.